Hi everyone, I'm Andrew. I'm Marn. This is the Argonauts Podcast. Every two weeks, I'm going to go in and try and solve old defunct ARGs, and Marn's going to tell me what I should have done instead. Yep, uh, this week we are doing our second episode on Art of the Heist, a corporate-sponsored ARG about Audi A3s. Yeah, go buy an Audi. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's the moral here. I'm more interested. It's an ARG about art thieves and stopping bad guys with Audis by hiring good guys with Audis. I think to kick off this week, uh, we had a really fun question come in over on Twitter. Uh, Shannon wrote in to us and they asked, If you two were in a heist, what would the heist object be and what would each of your heist roles be? That's an interesting question. So I feel like separately I could come up with heists for us, but I'm curious what heist we would be in together. Um, definitely something ARG related, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Possibly the um, original uh, Milwaukee tourism pamphlet. <laughs> <laughs> Or, yeah, the uh, that book that they, they printed off and printed, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, the Reasonable Haven pamphlet. The reason Yeah, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna plan a heist to steal a Reasonable Haven, the original pamphlet, which is honestly, it's probably just in someone's basement. Uh but we're gonna pretend it's in a high security uh <laughs> a high security place. Uh it's probably in like the Fort Knox of ARGs. Um and we've assembled a crack squad of people to go and, and steal this document. Uh-huh. What's your role, Marn? Um, I think that I would like to be the person who sits in the van and does all the security camera stuff. Shit, that's what I was going to say. Ha-ha. <laughs> I wanted to be security system guy because they get the easy role. Security system guy gets it easy. They get a chair. They get to sit outside and just like watch things on <laughs> monitors. You probably have YouTube pulled up on another screen. We would both be that guy and then we just have to pay <laughs> someone else to do the heist. Yeah. <laughs> so honestly, uh... On one hand, I know myself well enough to know that I would think it'd be really fun to be the person that betrays everyone in the end. Oh, no. Um, which is really bad to let you in on uh, this early in the heist, since we're only in the planning stages. Uh, but I will probably double-cross people at some point. I just feel it in my bones. I don't know what that says about your perception of self. <laughs> <laughs> um... But but my job, what would my job be if I can't? Probably not the muscle, for obvious reasons. <laughs> I feel like I could talk my way past a guard. Yeah. I've never had to do it myself, and I have issues talking to, like, authority figures in general, so I'm probably really lofty thinking on this one, but I could probably be a face. I'll go in, smooth talk my way around things, get through into a place that I shouldn't be, and then, like... I don't know, drop a small electronic device into a trash can that someone else will come by dressed up like a janitor, and they'll do the actual heist itself. I think I could also be the person who, like, makes a replica of the object that we're stealing to uh, to replace Ooh. it with. Yeah, the artificer that's like, here's the <laughs> fake uh, A Reasonable Haven pamphlet. Mm-hmm. Hell which yeah. Is, we... Which would be pretty easy, because literally all you have to do is print it off the internet. <laughs> Honestly, we could just reproduce it and then call it a day. 
there's, you would re- you no could just reproduce that. it and say here you go here's a perfect replica of a reasonable haven and i'd say mm-hmm. great and then i'd say i'm definitely gonna go take this where it needs to be and then i would walk out and just steal it and go home yeah that's fulfill fair. my destiny as a double crosser <laughs> The real one has, like, pages that didn't get scanned, though, is the thing. Oh. So this will be empty, probably, but we'll be... Okay, never mind. I'm back in. We gotta get this book. (laughs) I'm back in. You're back in for one last heist. For one last heist. Oh. I'm trying to think what fancy security high-stakes place is also going to have some elaborate ball that we can bust in during... Oh, like Ocean's 8? Yeah, we're like, what's the Fort Knox equivalent of the Met Gala? I don't know. I mean, that's kind of what this ARG is. It's kind of what the Art of the Heist people got to do. <laughs> that's that's true. That's true. Well, they get to go, I mean, they get to go into used car dealerships and root around in a car. like and Coachella! <laughs> that's fair. They get to go to Coachella. I somehow forgot about that. You're right. Uh... Speaking of elaborate plans that took money to an act that was funded by an outside source, we're going to pitch you on our Patreon now. Was that a good transition? Yeah, I like it. All right. Those of you that don't know, we are funded by a Patreon that was started because of mistakes that I made. You can find that at P-U-H-T-R-A-Y-I-N.com. That is Patreon. Uh, if you want to make the same mistakes I do. Otherwise, you can go to patreon.com slash argonautspod. Um, while there, we've got a couple tiers set up. You can become an honorary argonaut or an ARG master um, and join us. I will have some um, handwritten notes going out soon. Uh, once I'm done moving, that is my first priority to get those signed and in the mail to Marn to send further in the mail to you all. We're very close to hitting our goal of doing a special Q&A live stream. Uh, where you all can ask us anything uh, and we'll be live probably on Twitch or YouTube or something. I don't really know how streaming works, but we're going to figure it out for you all. Um, Yeah, I know how streaming works, kind of. (laughs) All right, I will leave that up to you then. Uh, But we will be live doing that. Uh, (laughs) We are $3 away. After I'm done editing this, someone's going to bump that up and everything I'm saying is going to be irrelevant. Uh, we are very close to hitting that goal, and we are looking very much forward to uh, doing that once we hit it. Uh, yeah. Also, I am uh, hard at work on editing the um, Ben Drowned live recording. Uh, I have that all recorded. It is currently being edited, and uh, if it weren't for the fact that I'm moving, it would be up so- uh, shorter. But uh, that will be up as soon as I can finish it off. I want to do it right. Yeah. Uh, Also, if you don't follow our Twitter feed, we have been posting cut content on the Orange Groves Patreon. Mm -hmm. If you want to hear more from us, it's basically just us shooting the shit before and after episodes. Just anything that we had to cut out for time. Yeah, basically, which I know looking at our episodes, you might look at the lengths and say, do they really cut things for time? But I assure you that we do. (laughs) Uh, what are what are things we've talked about on that? We've talked about uh, the world's first ARG. Uh, we talked about Dan Brown novels. Dan Brown comes up really surprisingly often for us. That's true. I think we also talked about true crime books and TV shows. Yes, we did our own 
pilot for a true crime novel. You can find that, or uh, our own pilot for a true crime podcast, which you can find over on the Orange Groves. It's mostly just us asking, have you seen these other true crime things? Also, I guess we shouldn't pitch Champs in the Making, should we? Uh, It might be out by the time this episode comes out. I don't know when the plan is to drop it. I don't either. There is also a secret project that we are working on with some members of the Orange Groves that may or may not be out. And I'm going to check with them before this part makes it to the airing in this episode to see if it's uh, should be kept in or not. But um, we are very excited for that secret project that only patron members of the Orange Groves will be able to re- listen to. So keep an ear out for that. Yeah. And that also has cut content. Yes, it does. We, we're really down the rabbit hole on this one. It's good. I'm very excited for people to hear it. <laughs> it's very good. I listened to it today and got really hyped to do more. Oh, it's so good. Um, that might I'm be all spoil- the... Go ahead. Oh, wait. Yeah, spoil. Spoil, spoil a bit. Uh, I was about to say that we, we spend a decent amount of time uh, making fun of a very silly monkey. Um, <laughs> that is as deep as I'm going to go. And I realize that that's not really a spoiler if you have no idea what I'm talking about, and that's how I want to keep it. Yeah. Um, but with that in mind, uh, speaking of things that people don't have really good clues on or understand what's going on and have been turned into turmoil, do we want to talk about Art of the Heist? Sure, let's get into it. I'm getting real good at tortured uh, transitions. Uh-huh, I could tell. <laughs> Welcome to They, Them, Theirs, a monthly non-binary discussion podcast. We're here, we're queer, let's talk about it. My name is Joe. And my name is Rain. We're non-binary, and once a month we sit down and we talk about gender. 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 (laughs) We talk about our experiences with gender expression, pronouns, and other parts of the trans and non-binary experience. We also talk about a lot of anime and music that we like and relate to. And our cats. Yeah. You can listen at theorangegroves.com or search They Them Theirs on your podcast app of choice. Until next time, take care, and remember, nice gender. Uh, do we want to do a very, very quick recap on what happened last time and who all the characters are? Sure. Um, I will go ahead and do that, even though yeah. I did not really refresh myself well enough to do this. Um, but this game is called The Art of the Heist. It ran uh, in 2005, starting in March, um, and it follows a couple of main characters uh, that are part of Last Resort Retrieval, a, a group that is dedicated to retrieving stolen art. The main characters of the ARG are Ian and Nisha, who are both members of this organization, um, who find themselves on different sides of things. Um because an old rival, Gunter, shows back up, who is an art thief who is planning uh, kind of a one-last-heist sort of deal. He's putting together a super heist. Um, And meanwhile, there's also a guy named uh, Virgil, is that right? Yep. And Virgil's hanging out in the background making a video game based on Nisha. Uh, But the real drama in the ZRG starts off when Ian steals an elite, luxurious Audi A3. Uh, the best car on the market. Because mm-hmm. he gets word that Gunter is planning a super heist 
and he's using Audi A3s in order to plan it. He's leaving clues in Audis across the nation in order to assemble people together to come together and uh, steal a bunch of paintings from the Uffizi in Florence, Italy. Uh, Ian has stolen one of these luxurious cars to travel cross-country and track down these clues. And Audi contacts Nisha and says the only way to stop a bad guy with an Audi is with a good guy with an Audi. So they give her a new luxurious uh, Audi with all of the top features and say... Go get him. So, Ian is chasing down Gunter. Nisha is chasing down Ian. Virgil is sitting in his basement coding a video game. There's a special hacker named Worth who keeps showing up, um, but we don't know much about them. And the place where our game left off was that um, after a couple of live events and uh, tracking people down to find stuff within cars, uh, some players were invited to Coachella, where instead of doing the um instead of doing what was planned and getting into a car to try and find uh some data the players instead made a move that made it look like they were betraying Ian and Nisha and Virgil um and made it seem like they were on the side of the bad guys but gave the bad guys faulty data so now nobody's on the player's side and we're going to pick up the day after Coachella uh, yes, we are. May 1st. May 1st. So, May 1st, uh, Mike, who is Nisha's source, who met the players at Coachella, uh, mm-hmm. leaves Nisha a voicemail, uh, asking what happened? <laughs> <laughs> so the game's in disarray at this point. Yeah. Um... So it's speculated that the players were never supposed to get anything at Coachella, but like the way that it went down obviously wasn't how it was originally supposed to go down. <laughs> um, and Mike also says in the voicemail that he feels like someone was following him and he went back to his hotel. Hmm. Okay. Uh, two days later on May 3rd, Nisha realizes that the players didn't actually betray her and were just kind of like giving the appearance of doing it and she feels guilty. So yes, uh, Nisha emails Ian, says they need to find the next car, but they don't know how uh, without the next SD card because the SD cards have clues to find the next cars. Uh, Nisha says... Hey, now that Gunter's out of prison, maybe we should just ask him directly. And everyone says, no, that's a terrible idea. Just the worst. (laughs) Hey, maybe don't call the bad guy. Yeah. Worry sends Ian and Nisha an email about a dead body that was found near Coachella, which turns out to be Mike. Oh, no. He was being followed. Yeah. Yeah. Roger Murder claims another. Roger Murder strikes again. <laughs> um, and the players go back to the first SD card because there were some pictures on there that like originally didn't make much sense to them. Uh, they figure okay. out that these photos that they overlooked are of a specific town in Pennsylvania, McCungie. And huh. uh, they... They're, they say, hey, uh, if these were on Gunter's SD card, they must have been there for a reason. Why don't Nisha and or Ian go and look and see if there's anything that he hid there? 
so May 4th and 5th, uh, Nisha tasks Ian with finding a Gunter connection in that town. Uh, Ian finds the address of a Mrs. Vanderwine, who is Gunter's mom, and says, Hey, Nisha, I think you should go talk to Gunter's mom. Uh, meanwhile... Is his, is his name Gunter Vanderwine? Yes, it is. That's an Arrested Development name. It really is. Everyone in this ARG has such good names. <laughs> Virgil posts on his blog and says that he's worried about Nisha and that he also met up with an old friend recently. It's going to be Worth, who I still believe is his uh, ghost wife. You mean Worry? Yes, Worry, not Worth. Worry, you're right. Um, so yeah, the, the players are still pretty suspicious of Virgil because basically all he's done this entire time is just like make posts on his blog about how much... He likes Nisha and is, like, worried about her and also his dead wife. And yeah, also basically. And I think also he was supposed to be at the Coachella meetup and then wasn't there? Huh. Have you ever seen... There was an episode of um, Comedy Bang Bang where one of the sketches was um, Scott Ackerman making a, like... It was like a parody of uh, Drivers, Dine-Ins, and Dives, but he was just like, Hi, I'm Scott Ackerman. I'm going around the country to find the America's best burger. And then the like camera frame shifts and the color changes and he goes, And my wife's killer. Yeah, I've seen that. That's what I think of when I think of Victor. Or uh, Virgil. That's what yeah. I think of when I think of Virgil. Hi, I'm here to make a video game and talk about my dead wife. <laughs> Every ARG needs one dead wife guy. You gotta have a dead wife guy. You gotta have a dead it's, wife it, guy. It's fiction, Marn. The world runs on dead wives. It's a power source. <laughs> uh, it's Is it really an ARG if there are no dead wives in it? And a wife has to die. You gotta lose an eye. It's just the genre. It's true. Uh, so May 6th, uh, Nisha calls Gunter's mom and pretends to be his old girlfriend. Okay. And his mom buys it. All right. Uh, that works. N- Nisha goes to visit her, but, uh, and, and records their conversation. Uh, but Gunter's mom doesn't know anything about what he's up to. And then the players convince Nisha to leave a bug in her house in case uh, Gunter visits or calls her for Mother's Day, which is coming up. Hell yeah, that's actually really smart. I know. That's one of those times where as a player I'd be like, oh shit, like that. Or as, as a, as a, if I was a developer making this game, if I didn't have that plan already, that's immediately going into the game. Well, like, I think. Of course this guy's calling his mom on Mother's Day. Yeah, I think they, like, got a hint about it because Virgil put something about Mother's Day on his his blog and the players are like, Oh, we, like, if Gunter is in contact with his mom, that's how we're going to catch him. Okay. And I, I don't know if they were expecting the players to go exactly that route, but it is still very clever of them. This ARG is weird because the players don't actually do things. The players tell other people to do things. Yeah. There's, but there's I guess definitely... it, it, it makes sense. 
because otherwise it'd be we're gonna break into this old lady's house and wiretap a phone and that's a crime yeah there's definitely like a sub genre of ARGs that's just like the players telling characters to do things hmm okay then again there are like live meetups for this ARG I don't know this is a weird one yeah so we're bugging Gunter's mom's phone yes does it work it does. Uh, May 8th uh, and 9th, like that whole span of time, uh, Nisha's bug picks up a call from Gunter to his mom. Uh, Nisha calls Gunter afterwards to be like, hey, I know where your mom lives. You have to give me this information. Okay. Uh, Gunter gives her the next VIN and says that he is not actually the boss of the operation. He's working for someone else. Huh. Yeah. Ian. Maybe. I trusted Ian, and then I edited the last episode <laughs> and realized, nah, Ian's pretty shady. Ian is still in Texas, uh, where he stopped on his way to Coachella because he was getting tailed by Roger and Trent. Right. Uh he looks up the next A3 for Nisha and says that it's in Washington, D.C. Uh, Nisha decides to take that on as a solo mission, uh, which the players take to mean there's not going to be a meetup. And uh, Virgil posts on his blog and says that the old friend he was meeting up with is his old uh, programming partner, Emil. And that they are going to be at E3 together, because they're going to work on his game together. Okay. I mean, yeah, I guess E3 is a place to meet up. That makes sense. The e- the E3 stuff is, like, bonkers. I'm so excited to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> it may or may not be, like, the funniest live meet we've ever talked about for an ARG. <laughs> well, it sounds like it goes perfectly fine. Uh-huh. Good. Like, dead drops always go. Yeah. Uh, so May 10th and the 11th, uh, Nisha gets a call from Audi saying that she has missed two progress reports and they want to know what's going on with her. Nisha, there's no point in tracking down criminals unless you're going to file the paperwork correctly. <laughs> um, she emails Ian and says that she has found the A3 that's in Washington, D.C. Uh, she mentions that the person who is now bugging her from Audi is a different security person than the one that she spoke to earlier in the game. Um, Virgil puts some new screen caps of his game up on his website in preparation for E3. Okay. And Nisha stakes out a building for hours in DC before getting the next SD card. Uh, which she gives to Ian, and he manages to decrypt shortly afterwards. Okay. Cool. So we got codes. We got codes, except on May 12th, Ian calls Nisha to tell her that Gunter's men caught up to him and beat him up and smashed his computer. We lost codes. Except so he... Trent... Yeah, there you go. So now he's just Trent beat him up. Yeah. Okay. Or uh, Roger beat him up. Sorry. Yeah. I got a question about Roger and uh, and Trent. Yes. Are they supposed to be the same goons that are in this YouTube video we looked at last week? They are. Because neither of them really looks like a Roger murder to me. <laughs> yeah, I think the British one is supposed to be Trent. 
Okay. Um, and the guy who's like a, a stereotypical like mafia guy is supposed to be Roger. Yeah, that guy looks like he doesn't look like he looks like an Uncle Vinny more than he looks like a <laughs> Roger murder. Yeah. Oh well. Alright, yeah. so we lost our codes. Well, but Ian managed to get the zip drive of all of the SD stuff up on his uh his files on the website. Oh, yeah, uh, so yeah. the so the players have it, but they can't crack any of the codes. They're just having a rough time, uh, so they can't find the location of the next A three. Uh, neither can Ian. But Ian puts out a call for players to help him with a mission at E three. Okay. Uh, May fourteenth through the fifteenth. E3 gets confirmed to potentially be some kind of Ian versus Virgil showdown event. Remind me, in case I forgot, why would they be at odds with each other? Uh, Ian is Nisha's boyfriend. Ah, okay. I forgot that they were actually dating. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, that would do it. And he doesn't like Virgil. (laughs) I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Virgil either. Um... And also Virgil told Nisha that Ian uh, is involved with the heist stuff. Right, that's right. Yeah, he's tried to set Ian up. So they are in a fight. Okay. Uh, the players, I believe, clue Nisha Ian, clue Nisha in to uh, all of that situation, and she chews Ian out over the phone. Because I guess she finds out that he's recruiting people to go to E3 and, like, mess with Virgil. So she yells at him over the phone. Uh, she calls Virgil and is like, hey, Ian is setting something up. I don't know what it is, but, like, don't get in trouble or, like, do anything stupid. And Virgil's like, all right, I won't do anything stupid. Okay. Uh, May then he 7- hung up the phone and said, except beat up your boyfriend. <laughs> Correct. (laughs) May 17th, uh, Ian is able to find the next A3. He tells Nisha that it's going to be at a party in New York City on the 25th. Okay. Uh, Nisha asks one of her contacts to buy some classified ads for her, uh, implying that there's going to be a chance to answer another ad and come to the party in person. And the... Newest SD card, the players have almost completely cracked it by now. I have no idea how they cracked it because the puzzle documentation for this ARG was not ideal. Yeah, it's all lost to time at this point, right? Yeah, a lot of it was on the um, the website that was on like the in-character recap blog, and a lot of that forum is not archived on the Wayback Machine. Yeah, there's a lot of that is just gone. I know that yeah. when I when I tried starting up and playing this game, it was just completely gone. Yeah, I was able to get to a thread of like, here's all of the stuff that was encrypted on each SD card, but the, finding what like the actual puzzles were uh, was not gotcha. something that I was able to do in a way that I could, like, actually sit here and explain to you how they solved every puzzle. Right. Um, but they crack that card. Uh, it has JPEGs of uh, paintings that are going to be stolen from the Uffizi Gallery, and also okay. a contact list of art forgers. 
Ooh. Yeah. Art forgery is a really cool crime. Yeah. Just like, I'm so good at art that I'm going to pretend to be Van Gogh. Like, that that's a cool crime. I'm sorry, cops. Please don't arrest me for that. <laughs> but like, I don't know. If someone can look at your painting and go, that's a Van Gogh. Like, you deserve it. Yeah. Good work. Yeah. So May 18th, uh, which is the next day, the players start to find the classified ads for the New York City meetup. And Virgil makes a blog post saying, hey, I'm going to be giving some interviews tomorrow at E3. Okay. Uh, which he actually did. He was like the actor who played Virgil was on television as Virgil and gave interviews. Jeez. Do you think the journalist knew? I don't know. I have to assume that yes, they did. I don't know. Fascinating. Yeah. So May 19th, uh, the crew that is going to meet up with Ian gets there. Uh, Ian says, hey, I got you these badges uh, to get into E3. They say you're from the London Art Gazette. Uh, Here, I got you these phones so that we can keep in contact. Uh, Because, again, everyone who goes to a meetup for this ARG gets a smartphone. (laughs) Um, and he says I want you to just go around E3 and spy on Virgil and tell me everything that he's doing okay Uh, so they they do that Uh, Virgil's there with a bodyguard Uh, the players just like follow him around the convention (laughs) at one point uh, Virgil is on the phone with Nisha And the players call Ian and they're like, hey, bro, Virgil is calling your girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Ian loses his shit, storms into the convention center, has a fist fight with Virgil. (laughs) And Ian and and the players get thrown out of E3. (laughs) Hell yes. It's like an ARG, and you get a front row seat to watching The Bachelor, too. I know! And you get thrown out of E3. Oh my god. (laughs) There's just so much to appreciate about this staged meetup that happened. Oh my god. And the same night, uh, Virgil leaves Nisha like an angry drunk email. (laughs) <laughs> or an, ang- an angry drunk voicemail uh, <laughs> about what happened. And then he leaves another one like hours later apologizing. <laughs> <laughs> and then everything is very quiet for like four days. Um, I'm going to pause you real quick. So I googled uh, Virgil E3 interview 2005. Yes. To see if I could find this. Um, uh-huh. I haven't found a specific thing, but I did find a write-up of the event on ArcNet. And apparently, after Virgil had that fight, uh, Virgil went back into the exhibit hall, where he ended up visiting a booth at the UK Pavilion. While there, he chatted with some fellow game developers who happened to be from Mind Candy, the folks behind Perplex City. 
they gave him some insight into some stuff that was coming up. And then he wrote about the encounter with these quote-unquote creative visionaries and this new genre called alternate reality games that relies on the powers of the mind, not the thumbs. Oh my god. Which he wrote about on his in-game blog. That's insane. So the fourth wall is dead at this point. (laughs) (laughs) That's very funny. I like that, like, the people in charge of this ARG have a sense of humor. Yeah, this is this is very fun. Um, yeah. Even if it's involving fist fights at E3. Yeah. I, I just, like, want to be one of the, like, bystanders who had no idea what was going on and, like, saw some guy run into E3 and start a fist fight with a game developer. Right? Well, that's, um... One of the things with this is that, can you imagine being one of the people, you're, you live in D.C., and you're playing this game, and it comes out, oh man, I get to go to E3 to participate, which at the time, you couldn't do. Nowadays, you can get like a gamer pass and go if you're not part of the press, but you couldn't back then. But it's like, wow, I can get a pass to E3 and go and do this event for this ARG I'm following only to show up and it's two guys fighting over a girl and they get into a fist <laughs> fight and then get hauled out of the venue. And it I doesn't wonder... it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't it matters story wise, but it doesn't like you walk out and you're like, well, I didn't get any clues. I got to see some video games coming out. And you got a cell phone. I missed that. Okay, you got a cell phone. That all works. So say, what did you what did you see at E3? Uh, I'm at E3 in 2005. Uh, what do I get to see? I get to see. Oh, they unveiled the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox oh. 360. Never yeah, mind. Okay. This is this is a big, uh, this is a big year for video games. Uh, okay. So yeah, that's a pretty solid year to go, even if you're only watching a slap fight over a girl. <laughs> I wonder if the if the the fist fight like was big drama at E3 and like a lot of people thought that it was real. I would be curious about that. On Argnet, someone um, said that they talked to a security guard about it and said like, "No, it was for a game. Like that was planned." And the security guard was like, audibly relieved to learn that it wasn't <laughs> real and that it was part of some game and staged and stuff. So oh my god. I assume that not many people knew. Oh boy. Yeah, so after that, uh, the ARG, there's not a lot of movement for about four days, um, which is unusual for this ARG. Like, usually there's something happening every single day. Yeah, this one's uh, been really breakneck. Yeah, but um, there have been a couple times after like live events where there was kind of like a cooldown period so one might assume that was uh, what was happening because they're going basically straight from one live event into the next because there's also the New York City thing that's happening okay uh, so sense. the 23rd through the 25th uh, it picks up again uh, Nisha selects a bunch of players to be her team for the New York thing uh, she is mad at Ian for <laughs> getting into a fist fight at E3. 
uh, Audi shows an ad in Times Square that's like, hey, this Audi A3 was stolen. If you have any information, call our number. Uh, which is the same ad they've been showing on TV, basically, like, during mm-hmm. the whole ARG. Uh, and then the 25th, uh, the New York City meetup goes down. And it's at the same showroom uh, where the first live event was where Ian stole the original car. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, and... It was a rap party for a film shoot, and okay. the players had to pretend to be a film crew to get into the party. <laughs> I read a write-up like of this. like that scene from uh, Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, I read a write-up of this. I'll have to find it so we can link it in the show notes, but it's really funny. Uh, like because they, they, they like had a fake camera, and they were like pretending to film the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> That's really um, funny. And and the other two were, like, pretending to be actors. So <laughs> they got inside. They got access to the car. They could not find the SD card inside. They basically searched the whole thing top to bottom while also, like, pretending to be filming a short film. <laughs> <laughs> um, so eventually they had to call Nisha and ask her to come inside and find it for them. <laughs> which she did mom (laughs) mom i can't find the clue (laughs) yeah it's like when you can't find something in the fridge and then you ask your mom and she finds it right away (laughs) oh my god all right so they look up the youtube tutorial to get past this part (laughs) and of course she did because like the actress obviously knew where it was yeah she Yeah. yeah Uh, but they but they had to like continue Dead? pretending to be a film crew to distract everyone else at the party. <laughs> Dead drops never go right. It never works. Never do it. Just They're the like, best part. It's the best, coolest thing of any ARG, and it always goes wrong. It's true. Honestly, just like send people stuff in the mail. It's the same experience, but they don't have to go out and find it on their own. <laughs> It it just skips over that entire step. Uh. <laughs> um, so Nisha finds the SD card. Uh, they disperse. Uh, the new SD card has a VIN and also a bunch of puzzles. And Virgil makes a blog post implying that the players have somehow missed something. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, May 26th okay. and 27th, uh, Nisha calls Gunter to set up a in-person meeting. Nisha calls Gunter to set up a meeting? Yeah, because there are documents on the new SD card that implicate Ian as being part of the heist plan. Whoa. Virgil might be right. Uh-huh. Or they're framing Ian. Oh. Triple deception. <laughs> Uh, Gunter says, okay, I will be in Chicago on June 4th, uh, meet me there. And Nisha says, okay, and she goes to one of her contacts and buys some classified ads, uh, so that players will be able to help her out in Chicago. Um, Ian checks in to- I do think it's- 
kind of funny that she keeps buying these classified ads because yeah. like she had like it's just like well i have a dedicated group of people that are going to be interested in doing this but i might as well put up a job post anyways i just think it's funny yeah i guess it's like to make it more interactive but honestly mm-hmm. they could just like email her <laughs> yeah like i i would think like email everyone and say hey i'm looking for a group to do this send me your resume and i will hand pick a couple of you to help me out and then realistically you just like pick the four that are closest geographically or whatever yeah but anyways i still think it's cool (laughs) um ian checks in on his email to just confirm that he's still alive because no one has heard from him since e3 (laughs) alive Uh, and a traitor but he doesn't really say anything else i think he doesn't even say where he is he's just like yeah i'm around (laughs) he's in florence italy ready to rob the Ephesi. <laughs> he's forging some art exactly um three days later on may 30th uh the zip file on the newest sd card is fully cracked into um it has a bunch of files on all of gunter's accomplices in the heist and what their specific duties are and the players basically uh, have a big picture of the heist now, which is that uh, Gunter and his accomplices are going to dig into the gallery from a nearby storefront, uh, oh, have hackers, probably including Ian, uh, circumvent security, and then steal 26 paintings and replace them with forgeries. Alright. That seems like a foolproof plan. Yeah, seems seems like a good plan. Plan's virtual-proof. Going underground. Um, the 31st, uh, Nisha says on her email that she needs a couple more people for Chicago. Uh, a few more people sign up and get phone calls saying that they're in. Virgil has been making angry blog posts uh, urging players to work on a couple puzzles they kind of ignored uh, from hmm. earlier SD cards. Okay. Um, June 1st, uh, Nisha calls Emil, Virgil's partner, mm-hmm. um, who is now working on his Nisha game with him, and she says that she's worried that Virgil is spending too much time and effort on his game. Is it... That's his job. Yeah. What? So, Virgil's been playing more and more of a role in the anti-heist side of things as well has he officially been updated as a member of lrr or not really most of what he's been doing is like making these like semi unhinged blog posts that are like addressing the players indirectly as uh, like employees of his i guess Uh From what well, I was able to First glean. of all, you can just say blog post. The semi-unhinged is kind of implied <laughs> with the medium. Um, well, but they've been getting like more and more like off the wall as he's been getting deeper into working on this game. Gotcha. Okay. So Nisha's so like, he's hey, less, I'm worried. His stuff is like less official. Like He's not saying, hey, players, solve puzzles. He's making blog posts that are like, 
I sure wish that some people would get off their asses and solve yeah. problems. Yes, correct. Okay, that okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, go to bed. This industry crunches enough. I need you to chill out and settle down. <laughs> correct. Uh, so she says, hey, Emil, I'm worried about Virgil. Can you keep an eye on him? Uh, the players tell Ian that Nisha is getting a Chicago mission together uh, because they have access to their emails and stuff. And they know that she didn't tell Ian about the Chicago mission. Um, okay. Which leads to Ian calling Nisha and confronting her. Uh, she lies and says that she's going to Audi headquarters. Um, well, she's got to then... turn in those special TPS reports. Yeah. But then she feels bad about it and she owns up to lying like a couple hours later. Oh, well, never mind. <laughs> like a good super spy. Yeah, you know. Uh, June 2nd and 3rd, Emil posts on the kind of in-character forums on, like, the in-game puzzling site. Like, the in-game summary slash puzzle-solving site. Okay. Um, asking for help, like, finding and getting in touch with Nisha. Um, I think everyone was relatively surprised to see him there because no one except like the moderator had ever posted there in character before to my gotcha. knowledge so everyone's like oh okay weird um nisha gets anonymously emailed a soundbite of ian from an earlier phone conversation with virgil sarcastically saying that he was like behind the whole art heist <laughs> so just like an anonymous source uh snips that and loops it and emails it to her sure um nisha calls emil uh and asks him if virgil is involved with the heist and the details of the chicago mission are finalized okay um, it was really hard to find information about the sh what happened in Chicago, because uh, no one ever did a formal write-up of it that I am aware of. Um, Is there if... just no one wrote up a thing? or Yeah, like, no one who was there wrote up a formal thing like people did for the other meetups. Huh. Um, if anyone listening to this happened to be there... And knows where I could find yeah. a write-up on it. Let me know. But yeah, there was nothing on Unforum or anything like that. I would love to know more. Yeah. Um. So I have like a very, very basic details of what happened. Okay. Um, so June 4th, uh, there was a new Audi commercial uh, related to the ARG uh, that was like, have you seen this Audi? Blah, blah, blah. Except the VIN was different. And a couple of players noticed that it was different. So they logged that. Uh, okay. The Chicago operation took place on the 4th. Uh, but no one posted anything about it on the 5th. I think that there were audio recordings of it at some point that were posted on the Last Resort Retrieval website. But they don't exist anymore. Okay. 
Uh, June 5th, more information about the Chicago meetup rolls in from players. Uh, apparently, the meetup was at a marina. Uh, the players and Nisha got onto a boat with Gunter. Okay, that that's a mistake. Never go on a boat. Yes. That's... There's no um... escape from a boat. <laughs> Apparently, Gunter seemed, like, sick and, like, in a bad way. Um, there had kind of been mentioned before that he had, like, gotten sick while he was in prison. So the players are like, oh, he's still sick. Uh, he takes them on a boat tour of the river that they're on. <laughs> okay. And I actually, I'm starting to feel a lot less bad about Gunter now. Like... Clearly, he's just an old sick man planning one last art heist to pay off his medical debt. That's a hero. Yeah, and he likes his mom. Yeah, and he calls his mom on Mother's Day. Yeah. Um, and he does a lot of rambling about dead bodies being in the river. I would like to roll back a couple of statements I've made <laughs> about liking Gunter. <laughs> I was misinformed at the time, and I would like to <laughs> formally roll those uh, roll that back. Um, Nisha asks him a bunch of questions about where the last SD cards are and who his boss is, but he um, does not answer her. Um, and on the fifth, also, uh, Worry sends an email to Ian implying that they were at the marina and they saw everything that went down and the players are like, oh yeah, there were a couple like suspicious characters nearby. On the murder Maybe boat. On, just like on the docks. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Uh, June 6th, uh, Will, Ian's friend, uh, proposes to Ian that Nisha is in on the heist. Okay. Uh, he Everyone's out, doing the heist. Yeah, everyone, everybody's part of the heist now. Um, he points out to Ian that Nisha found the SD card super fast at the New York meetup when the <laughs> players couldn't find anything. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not that our players are incompetent. It's that she's in on it, is the <laughs> argument. Exactly. Okay. Also, I'm... Why do all of these random friends know all of these deep details about the heist? Because, like, Will is Ian's, like, DJ buddy, right? Yeah. So maybe he's in on the heist. Maybe he is. You know what? I got a hunch for you. Mm-hmm. I bet Gunter's in on it. <gasps> no. I'm calling my shot. <laughs> what if everyone was in on the heist, but they didn't know everyone yeah. else? <laughs> yeah, everyone has a role, but they just, like, they're trying to downplay it from everyone else, so they're acting like they're on the up and up. Yeah. <sighs> okay, so everyone is suspecting everyone of being in on the heist. Yes. Uh, Nisha tells players that she actually was able to get a lead from Gunter and that she is headed to Seattle. Okay. 
June 7th, uh, there is a new worry email about the death of another one of Nisha's contacts who is at the Chicago meetup. Oh, shit. And Ian gets a phone message with Morse code telling him to go to a specific Chicago address. Okay. This is the first major Ian movement in a while, right? Yeah, since since E3. E3. Okay. Um, June 8th, uh, Virgil is becoming weirder than usual uh, while doing crunch on his game. That makes sense. That tracks. Yes. You unionize your industry. (laughs) He keeps sending Nisha these, like, weird looped sound clips from his phone calls with her and Ian, uh, and he keeps leaving her voicemails where he calls Nisha by his dead wife's name. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Cool. So that's good. Okay. Uh, Ian goes to the Chicago address, which turns out to be an abandoned warehouse, and the players get another one of those, like, mini movie clips of um, okay. Ian discovering Gunter's dead body in the warehouse. No, not Gunter, my almost hero. <laughs> He was just my poor, sweet, sick murder boy. So he's dead, and now and now the players and Ian and Nisha have to figure out who he was working for. Oh, right, because he's not the boss. That's right. Yep. Uh, June 9th, Ian calls Nisha on the phone, uh, confronts her, and wants to know what happened at the Chicago meetup. Uh, he tells her he knows where the next Audi is, but he's gonna go there by himself for some reason. He's like, sure. I'm, I'm gonna prove myself, and I'm gonna go and get the SD card. Well, luckily, these meetups are safe, and no one has died so far. Yeah. Absolutely no one. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are also speculating that Virgil is somehow in on it, because uh, the people who... Our Nisha's contacts keep dying, but not Nisha. Like, nothing has happened to Nisha. Okay. I mean, this isn't Game of Thrones. I feel like you you got a hero. You don't kill your hero. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know. Uh, June 11th through the 13th, um, Worry sends Nisha a wiretap of a phone conversation between Emil and Virgil, and... Nisha does a mysterious solo operation in Seattle. Okay. Uh, This is the part where a lot of my information gets a little bit fuzzy because it's the part where uh, the ARG was starting to wrap up so people weren't really logging their stuff as well. Sure, you get too lost in the moment that you don't go back and say, boy, that was fun. (laughs) Um, and also the official, like, in-character recap site kind of drops off okay. right before the Chicago stuff. Um, so June 15th, uh, Ian abruptly uploads a new SD file. Okay. Um, he and Nisha patch things up. Nisha suspects... Virgil of killing Gunter, uh, possibly to protect her. Nisha thinks Virgil killed Gunter? Yeah. Okay. 
Um, and she thinks he might have done it in, like, a misguided attempt to, like, keep her from getting hurt or in trouble. Sure. She's the only other woman in this ARG, so she's got to remind him of his wife. Yeah. Yeah. Um... June 17th, uh, Virgil calls Nisha. He is still calling her by his dead wife's name. Of course. Uh, he says he's going to be throwing a party at their old estate. Huh. And uh, all of the players get email invites to an ARG conclusion party on the 29th of June. More ARGs should have that. I agree. And it's it's interesting that Audi actually like broke immersion and was like, hey, come to the conclusive like the conclusive event of our game. Yeah. Instead that's... of like doing an in character thing. Yeah, that's really cool. I I would like to see that more often. That'd be really neat. I yeah, know I agree. obviously you need a budget to throw an event and to invite yeah. people to, but that'd be really cool to do, just to like have one final hurrah. Here's our big thing going on. And then you invite players, you serve some food. That'd be cool. Yeah. When I did Humans vs. Zombies, we always used to do that at the beginning and the end. Like, we would have a big, like, party to kick it off. Like, where we were, like, all in character as our NPC characters. And we would, like, go around and mingle with the players. And then after it ended, we would all, like, go out and get burgers together. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be, that, that's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. It's I think it's good because it like kind of gives the players either time to get like a feel for the game and like what the characters are like and what the setting is or if it's at the end it like kind of gives them a little bit of time to like decompress and get themselves out of the game mindset. Yeah, Marn, I just thought to myself, it would be really cool to get involved with something like that. I wonder what kind of thing exists where you could do that kind of like live action <laughs> role play style thing. Mm -hmm. And then I remembered LARPing exists. And I think yep. that I just accidentally talked myself into getting into LARPing. I think you did. I'm going to need to sleep on that one. <laughs> um, All right, so we're invited to a party. Yes, we are it's invited to. It's definitely not to... a LARP. We're invited to an ARG conclusion party. Um, June 18th, my birthday. Happy Virgil... birthday, Mark. Thank you. Uh, June 18th, another... Nisha gets e another email from Worry. Uh, that is another, just one of Virgil and Emil's fighting over the phone. Um, Emil is worried about Virgil. Uh, he reaches out to players on the forums and says that he is concerned about Virgil's mental state. Do we think that Emil is worried? Um, I think a couple of people have speculated that he is. Okay. My long shot is still ghost wife, but if not, <laughs> I think it might be Emil. Emil shows up too much to not be involved. It's true. Um, yeah, so the players know that he and Virgil are kind of at odds at the moment and that he is worried that Virgil is uh, crunching too hard on his game and that it's taking a toll on him mentally. Okay. Surprisingly insightful ARG that was made in 2005 with commentary <laughs> on the game industry. Yeah. 
And um, people are starting to suspect uh, Virgil of either being Gunter's boss, like the mastermind behind the heist, or being the just the person who killed Gunter because, like, his blog posts have steadily gotten a lot more, like, ominous and villainous. Gotcha. Okay. And a lot of the other characters are like, huh, that's weird. He just posts the lyrics to Hurt as a blog post. <laughs> um, and because a lot of the other characters are like, that's weird, we're worried about him, the players are like, oh, we're probably supposed to, like, notice this and think about it. Right. <laughs> as you do. As you do. Uh, June 20th, uh, Gunter's men call Ian again to threaten him. Virgil helps out with the new SD card puzzles. Um, okay. And Ian talks to Will. He says that he knows that, quote unquote, something is going down at the end of the month on the West Coast. Well, it's a party. Yeah, it's a party. Uh, June 22nd through the 24th, uh, there's a new phone call of Virgil and Emil fighting. Uh, Virgil says on his blog that there's going to be a live feed of his party. Okay. Ian thinks that he has found the next car. He thinks it might be in Vegas. And Nisha tells Virgil that she and Ian are going in alone to find the next Audi. Okay. So we're getting to the end game. We're in yes. Vegas. Yep. Um, June 27th, Nisha and Ian have a phone call. Apparently Nisha is following a lead in San Diego and not Vegas, uh, implying that they may have been misleading Virgil. Okay. Okay. Uh, Nisha and Ian have a phone call. Uh, Ian is keeping an eye on Virgil while Nisha is looking for more information on the heist and the next car. Uh, Nisha thinks that she has found where Gunter's bosses wanted the um, stolen art to be delivered to. Okay. So, sorry, I want to make sure I'm keeping track of all these characters now that we're all getting together. Yes. Nisha thinks that she has tracked down the boss. Gunter's in old Sa- boss and yes, found in San there, Diego. In San Diego and found their meeting site. Yes. Ian, meanwhile, is somewhere. Is somewhere keeping an eye on Virgil. Yeah. The crunching developer who's very sleep deprived. Yes. Okay. Uh, and they, they they we don't know where they are, but Ian knows that something is going down in San Diego at the end of the month. And he told his friend, Will, who's his DJ friend, about it. Yep. Okay. Uh, Emil is at, there. Or just uh, hanging out. Yes, Emil is there. He's worried about Virgil. Okay. Um, to add another layer of complication to the situation, Nisha has asked one of the ARG players to keep an eye on Ian. Huh. While he's keeping an eye on Virgil. Sure. Uh, The player who was requested to do that uh, went dark for several hours 
and then uploaded a video of Virgil and one of Gunter's men hauling an unconscious Ian around. Okay, so Virgil is in on things. And then in the video, she also got herself caught by one of Gunter's men. The player did? Yes. Huh, okay. So players are getting kidnapped too. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think roughly around this time, the players also unlocked like a bonus footage thing of Ian uh, trying to like... Okay, so I watched this on YouTube and I can't navigate back to it at the moment, but it's like Ian trying to hack into like a computer at Virgil's house and then he gets caught and like knocked out by one of uh, Gunter's guys. Okay. All right, so Virgil's in on it. He's a villain. He's kidnapped Ian and a player, knocked him unconscious, with Gunter's best right-hand man, Roger Unconscious. Yeah. (laughs) So June 29th, uh, before the party, the player who was watching Ian... Uh, is confirmed to be quote-unquote dead. Oh, shit. Okay, so we've got dead players at this point. We do. Um, Hell yeah. Which is something I always find interesting in ARGs. Like, how some of them will just be like, yeah, you could die in this ARG. (laughs) It's just like a weird stance to take. (laughs) I do wonder if anyone... Has ever died playing an ARG? I would go out on a limb and say no. I feel like that would make news, assuming it wasn't just like... I know there's at least one, like, treasure hunt where, like, a guy buried some treasure in the woods and, like, people have died looking for that and, like, following his clues. But I don't think that's really an ARG. (laughs) I think that counts, though. That's close enough. Yeah. That's that's close enough for me to take it as confirmation of my theory. Even that's if it fair. might not technically be right. Yeah, with the... I know with the treasure hunt thing, like, the guy who did it, him or, like, his family had to change or, like, add hints that were like, don't look over here in this extremely dangerous place. <laughs> Please stay out of the abandoned murder factory. I promise <laughs> you it's not there. Because a bunch of people were, like, not... falling off cliffs looking for it. Oh, shit. Yeah? Yeah, that would do it. I I wish I could remember what it is. There's, like, a BuzzFeed Unsolved video on it where they, like, go into the woods and look for it. <laughs> I'll link it to you. It's pretty good. Okay. Sounds good. Um, But, yeah, so a player dies in this ARG. Damn. So we got players dead. We got... Okay, so Roger Murder lives up to his name. It's just not Ian. It's just players. Yeah. All right. It's also... I'm always interested in the, like, logistics of this kind of thing. Where, like, how do you, as as a game master, approach a player, like, out of character and be like, Hey, you want to die for this game? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, if I was playing the... the, uh, that John dies at the end game or something, and someone 
reached danger reaches out to me and says hey you're dead i'd be like yep 100 percent. i'm totally <laughs> dead what's next boss like yep i'm out of the discord i get it i will stop i will I lurk like, now i feel like that's different though because you're like you know him even with the first one i if i was deep into an arg like deep enough that i would consider myself able to be contacted to watch a character uh yeah that's fair if that's i'm willing fair. to do that i'm willing to die that's, figuratively yep. okay that's fair you got me there there's also always the chance that this player was like a plant that's a, I, that's I, always I a, a case and i i don't know that i've ranted about this on here but i think that like i wonder if they're a plant is always like the least interesting question to me about args yeah no i agree so yep so this player turns up dead uh and then that night is the party um I have a basic rundown of the party that I'm going to go through really quick because it was the ending of the ARG and it kind of did the standard ARG thing where it like tied a bunch of stuff up, but it also kind of tied up nothing at all. Sure. I get that. hundred percent. It's the medium. <laughs> so the party I think was actually at like a mansion in California. Dope. That, so, and it was like an actual party. For, like, at least an hour and a half. Uh, According to someone who was there, uh, after about an hour and a half, Virgil stood up to, like, give a speech um, about his new game. Halfway through the speech, uh, the screens behind him turn to uh, the Easter egg video of Ian getting kidnapped. Oh, shit. (laughs) Uh, he gets very, he gets very flustered. He's like, uh, this is, this is a motion capture that we made for my game. (laughs) Um, he tries to, um, he tries to like, just basically continue the presentation. Uh, Nisha, who is there, tries to confront him. I don't know if all of these things happen in sequence, because this is like, a bonkers amount of things to go on at the same time. Okay. Basically, Virgil tries to continue his speech. Nisha tries to confront him. Emil says that Virgil is the one behind the whole heist. Gunter's boss? Yeah. Okay. Whose name is like, who's been going by like the code name Arclight. That's a very gamer thing. I would have... Yeah. If you told me his name was Arclight, I would have been like, oh, it's definitely Victor. (laughs) Uh, Virgil starts screaming for his, like, tech interns to turn the screens off, but they don't. He fires them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hell yeah. He tries to take over, like, the tech stuff so he can turn the film off. Uh, Nisha comes on in person Virgil goes back to the stage Nisha's like where is Ian I know you have him Virgil kind of tries to deflect I was like you're you're ruining my game party I don't know what you're talking about uh Nisha punches him (laughs) (laughs) good get him and apparently on, like, the stage this whole time has been this, like, big curtain. And Virgil's like, I bet you're wondering what's behind this curtain. <laughs> um, and it's Ian, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> is there a car with him? Yeah, Ian is Hell tied yes. up. 
Ian is tied up in the car. All right. Hell yeah. Uh, Virgil thinks that he has won some kind of game because he's found the last uh, car. He apparently doesn't know anything about the heist. Uh, Ian is tied up inside the car. Nisha rescues him. Uh, Hold on. Hold on. I'm sorry. (laughs) Virgil says, hey, guys, I found the car from those commercials. Yes. (laughs) That's his... What he that's what he's saying his big reveal is? Yes. Also there happens to be a man tied up in the back seat. <laughs> yes. Okay. Ta-da. Hey Audi, give me your prize. I'll throw in a free man. <laughs> what do I get? Um, um Nisha, so Nisha rescues Ian and unties him. Ian sees Virgil and is like you and starts a fist fight with him <laughs> fist fighting virgil is all that ian has done this it's so good this section of the game is just and then ian punches virgil virgil uses a cutout of nisha to defend himself why does he have oh i guess it's like marketing for the, for game. the yeah for the game okay so it's like to defend yourself you hold up a cardboard cut out of laura croft to defend yourself while you're getting attacked by um angelina jolie (laughs) that's very funny um eventually nisha's like come on ian he's not worth it and so her and ian leave uh virgil screams for like the live feed to be turned off so the feed ends um apparently the end of this party was they they found out that like Virgil didn't actually know anything about the heist and it was Emil who was behind the whole heist which was like okay. a bonkers after note that got snuck in there somewhere by the way uh, it wasn't him it was actually this other guy we haven't telegraphed that at all bye basically and that was the end of uh, Art of the Heist did they no, no, it's not. It can't be. Did they, did they get a meal? Did they I, yeah, stop I think, him? I think the implication was that they did arrest him. Yeah. Okay, okay. So the the double double turns out it was actually a meal the whole time that was behind it all, but he's now in jail. Gunter is dead. I assume the goons have been put in jail too. The party went well, and we found the Audi, which is really. Finding that beautiful piece of engineering is what this was really all about. So, good work, team. I saw on the unforum, uh, like, subforum for this, that the creators of this ARG did a Q&A afterwards. Um, and because it was 2005, it was just, like, literally a conference call that they gave out the number to. Okay. And that seems people, really inefficient, but go for it. And people could call in and just, like, ask some questions. Huh. Are um, there any recordings or anything of that, or uh, documentation? Not that I know of, but from what I saw on the Unforum, it sounded like they pretty much had to, like, explain the ending of the ARG to the players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised at that, because I, I barely kept up with that either. And I wasn't even there. 
Because the players are like, wait, how is Emil secretly behind all of this the whole time? (laughs) (sighs) And I, and I, from what I gleaned on, um, Unforum, their explanation was that, like, they were like, oh, well, Emil was Virgil's old partner, and he felt like he didn't get any credit, so he planned this whole heist, and he was gonna implicate Virgil and get Virgil sent to jail. <laughs> sure. Okay. Just, like, fine. <laughs> Whatever. Luckily, Emil had the one, uh, the, the one asset you need in order to pull this off, which is a crime lord in his back pocket. <laughs> as you do and also like virgil not being a rational human being (laughs) yeah so why did virgil knock out ian and have his goons i i guess because he was gonna turn ian into the police for like stealing the car (laughs) and also he didn't like him okay (laughs) Also, they never explain who Worry is. It's it's the ghost wife. She evaporated. I guess it's, like, implied that it's a meal, but ugh, fucking whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But they they also, like, at the beginning of the ARG, they, like, imply that Nisha knows who it is. And she's yeah, like, Don't... I thought you were saying that. Yeah, and she's like, don't let Ian talk to this person. I know who it is. And then that just gets dropped. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird it's <sighs> weird because like this is an ARG that seems very like tightly paced and like everything has a purpose until you look at it closely until you start a podcast to look at it as a whole yeah I believe it still a cool ride though this was a lot of fun yeah it's it's odd how so many ARGs seem to like fall apart right at the end. Yeah, it's I Yeah, I don't know what it is about the medium or if it's just maybe it's lack of planning. I, I don't feel like I feel like that's being disingenuous to the creators, but like maybe it's a, a, a lack of planning of an ending, or maybe just the funding runs out, but here it seems like it ended with a you know, a well-funded thing that just died without much of a plot. Yeah, I think I think the problem is they, like, set up too many dominoes and then, like, only knocked, like, five of them down. Yeah, I wonder if it runs into, like, the lost problem, where it's, like, the whole thing is set up on setting up dominoes for people to chase, but then in the end you have to find a way to tie all of those dominoes up together in a cohesive package, but you can't because they weren't started from the place of a cohesive package. Yeah. You know, you started as a show that was expected to run two seasons. Yeah, I... Yeah. I mean, I think this is one of the most, like, tightly written ARGs uh, that we've done, that we've uh, covered so far, because they very clearly had an ending in mind when they started, and we're kind of playing towards that ending. Whereas a lot of the other ones we've covered, I think, were more like making it up as they went along. It sounds like they had an ending in mind where Virgil was behind it all the whole time, but then they changed at the last <laughs> minute. I think you're right. I don't know. I don't think that we'd ever know until we got a 
an actual postmortem in the writer's room and said like, hey guys, what happened here? Yeah. So if you were a writer on this project and want to share secrets and can get around an NDA, hit us up. Yeah. I know um, Digital Roadmap talked to one of the people who was involved uh, with it recently-ish. Yeah, I didn't um, know if you wanted to read that or what we wanted to, if we wanted yeah, to was, include that. I was going to wait till the end to talk about it because um, we got an email about it. Uh, but I didn't want to talk about it until we finished covering the ARG. All right. Well, I think that we're wrapping up. Do we want to do that now? Um. Yeah, let's talk about it because it, it does kind of play into what we're talking about. So, yeah. Uh, do you want to introduce it and I can read it? Yeah. Uh, so we got a email uh, from Digital Roadmap who said that he, the host, not the podcast, um, talked to someone who was one of the actors at the finale party of Art of the Heist, um, which is apparently at a hotel and not a mansion. Um, and he shared a story about a player who actually followed him out of the party um, after the game wrapped and uh, followed him back to the parking garage and thought that he had a clue and he had to break character and be like, hey, please don't follow me back to my car and to my house. (laughs) And apparently this was a recurring issue with the players uh, in Art of the Heist which we kind of talked about a little bit with the Coachella thing, with the players kind of, like, deciding to go off and do their own thing and trying to steal information from an NPC. Yeah, like, not to... Not to excuse behavior, but, like, to understand it, I guess. Like, I can understand a player thinking, like, this can't be over, or, like, Everything we've done so far has been in search of more clues, so maybe if I go off the beaten path, I'll find something. Yeah. Um, And I can understand why rightfully someone who is the person off the beaten path would be freaked out by that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I know. um, I guess uh, in the email Grant sent us, um, he says, the moral of the story is basically, this is not a game extends to the game and the venues themselves. The actor wasn't looking to threaten the player, but needed to make sure they weren't following them into their personal lives. From what I hear, uh, from what I heard in part one of Heist, it sounds like this bit was a bit of a recurring issue among the players. I do think that part of this stems from um, a you get steeped into that game world for so long that you kind of have to snap out and realize like this is reality. Like there are rules I have to attach to, but yeah, um, I kind of said it offhand as a kind of a joke in part one, but I said that. Part of the fun of ARGs is that you get to engage in behavior that is, um, it's deviant because you are using codes and using computers and sometimes even going so far as to actually pretend to hack into things. Um, Sometimes you do find a password for an email account and hack into it and log into it. And it's all part of like that. It's all in that walled in game space Um, in the same way that if you're playing a game, a dungeon world, you know, you murder a thief um you're not actually doing that in real life but there is that story element and a framework in which you get to do that in a a game space um but i can definitely understand losing sight of where those walls end in real life 
Um, it's, I don't think it's excusable, but I can understand it. Um, no, I, I definitely agree with you. And especially in an ARG like this, where the players have already, like, there's a precedent where they've been encouraged to, like, follow the characters around secretly and, like, break into cars. Yeah. Um, and especially, and, you know, like we joked in the last episode, like, when you break into the car at the at the specified time, you're playing along with the game. When you decide to do it early, you're just breaking into a car. Um that that can I can understand where that line gets blurred, but it is something that you need to respect. <laughs> yeah. So was it I know that this is the earliest ARG that we've covered, but how prevalent were ARGs back then? Do you know? Um I don't think they were as prevalent as they are today. I could understand no, I, I could understand the rules of ARG and solving them not being quite as established in that. But on the other side of that coin, like a lot of that kind of feels like common sense stuff. But then again, I know that. <laughs> um, so my first job was at a um, this is a weird tangent and I'll cut it if it, you don't think that it lives up to the metaphor I think I'm making. Oh, but boy. My, uh, but my first job was at a, um, like a, a resale shop where we uh, bought and sold, you know, used DVDs and furniture and stuff like that. And um, one day a guy came in to sell like his old camera and pieces for it. And I thought, oh, that stuff's really neat, but the store didn't take it. Um, I'll give that guy my phone number and we'll see if we can't work something out later. Because uh, I thought it would be a cool gift because my now fiance is very into photography. Mm -hmm. um and so the guy walked out and i was like great that's that's cool you know we worked out i he was unhappy before and now i've made him happy i might have come out with a cool um solution to his problem and like you know left a good place for all of us and my fiance will be happy it's a win-win-win all around um and then my manager came over and said hey uh did you just uh offer to buy something from a customer that we already told wouldn't we wouldn't buy something from um, like, did you just like break store policy and store rules to like take time away from your actual job to basically like buy something yourself and do that on company time. And I was like, Oh, you know what? I definitely did that. Um, that is a big no, no, isn't it? Uh, and if it weren't for the fact that like, I had already put in my two weeks and that was my second to last day. Uh, I oh, would have been fired yeah. on the spot. Um, this is to say that like, it's easy to lose sight of the fact in the moment that what you're doing is like not at all part of the social cue and what is accepted at the place you are, but that doesn't excuse it just because you didn't see it. Yeah. And I think like a lot of other ARGs, even now don't tend to have like real life components that are that involved. So I think, right. I think it's easy to kind of get confused as to what the boundaries are. And I, I can definitely understand that in the moment, like the, in the moment aspect of like, great, we're at hypothetically speaking, great. We're at Coachella here. We're supposed to meet with these people. We just met with these people. I wonder what they're going to do next. 
And you lose sight of the fact that the answer to that question is what they're going to do next is go back to the car and take a smoke break. And then they're going to go home and play FIFA because it's not actually Nisha and it's not actually Mike. It's just an actor that is making X dollars to do this quick gig that takes two hours and then they're going to go home. It's also, like, weird when you're in a situation like that and no one has, like, explicitly told you what the boundaries are. Like, to give another example, like, I know I talked about Sleep No More, I think, last time or on the Gravity Falls episode, maybe. But it's, like, an immersive theater thing where you go and you wear a mask and the actors don't really talk to you unless they pull you aside for, like, a one-on-one. Um... But you can move pretty freely throughout the building and there's a bunch of like different sets you can go to and there's like one floor that's like a main street of shops and stuff and it's weird because you can actually like touch the props and you can open drawers and stuff and it's super weird and I felt super weird about it when I was there because there's no one to tell you what the boundaries of that are. Like, you can open drawers and, like, pull stuff out and read it. Um, there's, like, a candy shop set where you can, like, actually go and take candy out of the bins and eat it. And it's, like, weird because it feels like you're huh. not supposed to be doing that. <laughs> right. Well, that's, like, I love, uh, if I go to an escape room... I love the little spiel that they give at the beginning that's like, here are the rules and the parameters in which you'll be playing this game. Um, yeah. I, I need that. I need, I want to know heads up because otherwise I'll have 80 questions about what is and isn't accepted. And I think that's just because of my rule abiding Protestant upbringing that I'm just like, oh yeah, keep your head down <laughs> and follow the rules at all time and things will go well. But I I can understand where the boundaries get lost and you kind of have to default to just like, how do we treat a human being? Yeah. Not a character. No, I, I completely agree. And I think at, like, immersive theater stuff, they kind of rely on, like, people who have been there a bunch of times to set an example for, like, newer people. Um, I know, like, at Sleep No More, they have, like, uh, not really, like, guards, but they have, like, employees who... Uh, will kind of stop people if they're being like super out of line but aside Mm -hmm. from that it's like you have to watch what other people are doing and like figure out what is and isn't okay right um but yeah i i agree i do like kind of the more escape room kind of setting where they tell you up front like if something doesn't move it's supposed to be where it is and don't try and pick it up yeah like do not move ceiling tiles. Nothing will be hidden in the ceiling. Do not move, you know. <laughs> if you need to unscrew a grate to get at something, the screws will have, there'll be special screws and you'll find a special screwdriver. The fact that you snuck a screwdriver in with you will not be the solution to any of these puzzles. I just viscerally remember that the last escape room I did almost uh, ended in all of us getting in in game killed jesus because <laughs> it was like it was one of the ones where we were like investigating a hotel room that was like belonged to a murderer and we were like trying to figure out where his kidnapping victims were and the last God. puzzle was like we found a switch that was like we had to pull it one way and it would like 
and choose that it would kill us or pull the other way and choose that it would kill the kidnap victims but we couldn't parse but we like couldn't parse for some reason that that was what it did so I just pulled it and it was like you're (laughs) gonna die now (laughs) we just all started screaming I Um, my last escape room um we went and we looked at this place online and they had two options. And the first one, I was looking, it was going with my family for their first one. So I was like, let's find a good one. And the first option was like, you wake up chained in a killer's basement, <laughs> handcuffed to the wall. And I was like, yeah, let's not do that one with mom. Oh my God. Um, but then we did a, a Wild West one and we opened up a, like the first like major lock that we opened had a, like a a monitor inside that had a fake wanted poster made up with my face on it. And it said wanted dead or alive. And it had two keys where you could choose dead or alive, which would be my fate. Oh my God. And my family killed me because they, or uh, did they kill me? I don't remember. I long story short, my family picked an option that led to me having to handcuff myself to the sheriff's office door. Oh my god. So I was like taken out of the game and just like pointing across the room and something like that is fine in there in an escape room as long as you're like aware that it's happening and a possibility before you go in or as long as you are comfortable with doing that because it gave the option for it to happen which um, you know those boundaries it exists on both ends obviously for players and for creators but those boundaries need to be respected even if they are a bit blurry at times. Yeah, I did a cool one when I was in Oregon, which was another one of those, like, you're in a serial killer's apartment and, like, you have to defuse all of these bombs and leave before (laughs) you get blown up. Um, But it was really cool because whenever we asked for a hint, the the game master who was watching our room would give us a hint in character as the serial killer. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, so he was just, like, saying real creepy stuff over the microphone to us all the time, but we just, like, accepted that it was a part of the room, and we were like, oh, this is fun. (laughs) Um, I did one where it was a, uh, it was like a haunted, uh, like a haunted fortune teller's house or something like that. Um, but the screen that was playing with the sound effects and stuff like that would randomly do, like, witches howls at us. And then someone, like an employee, would randomly come by and just, like, slam on the door. Oh, my God. It was miserable. Like, it wasn't... It's was just jump scares. And I was like, I, I I, hate this. I'm trying to solve a puzzle. I don't need... You've got a weird magnet thing going on. And these things aren't working the way that they seem like they should be working. So, like, please don't wham on the door while I'm trying to figure out why this fake Zodiac you've come up with isn't working. Yeah, I don't like the ones that are, like, overly scary like that. It, I don't know. I'll it makes read... me feel like I'm in a haunted house. Yeah, I'll read their Wikipedia pages later. I don't need to solve the puzzles <laughs> myself. I actually did an art heist escape room for my birthday one year. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was super fun. We had to, like, break into a vault and, like, find paintings. There was, like, a weird puzzle where we had to pump air from, like, one side of the room to another. Oh, weird. Using like a tube setup. <laughs> one of the one of the coolest puzzles I ever did was a um, we had to get a a a, uh, a key out of a 
glass pitcher, basically. Um, and the way that we had to, like, it was set in a wall so you couldn't, like, reach in and grab the vase. But the way that you would yeah. do it was that you, like, found water in a couple other places around the room and oh. filled it. And the key was attached to a floating thing that, like, floated it to the top. And then you could reach in and grab it with, like, you could reach down enough with your fingers to get it, but you couldn't grab the whole bottle itself. So that was a really cool puzzle that I saw, but we're getting yeah. way off track and I'll probably cut some of this and put it into bonus stuff for the pod, or the Patreon or I'll just leave it in. Who knows? Yeah. I was going to say the coolest one that I've ever done was in the serial killer like apartment one where we had to defuse a bomb that was in the air vent. So we had to like find a remote control car that was hidden elsewhere in the huh. um, in the room and we had to like get the security feed of the air vent on the television and we had to like using the security feed pilot the car into the air vent and like push it against the bomb to like hit the button to turn it off that's really cool it was really cool the uh the same room that had that um the water puzzle was it was like a a murder mystery room basically where we're trying to figure out who killed the person mm -hmm. um but so the last puzzle was like basically we're trying to find the code to get out of the store right um yeah but the last puzzle was like um you know it a bunch of books were revealed on a bookshelf and like you'd see in clue there were like a bunch of books that were like these represent the killer these represent the motive and these represent the like murder weapon or something like that and so we had to put like there were little lore hints here and there that were, came along with each puzzle that we solved and the last clue was like hey figure out who killed the person with what and why uh and then put in like that code and you can get out of the room that's so cool. It was a really neat solution, but we had one guy that basically like sat in the corner the whole time while everyone else was doing puzzles and just like read all these big lore dumps. Oh and my was God. just like, all right, I can explain what I was like. The number is going to be 13, 12, 18. We put it in and we got out and we were like, great. Why? Because that doesn't make any <laughs> sense to me. <laughs> so he got to explain it all afterwards. It was fun. Um. One of the, uh, one of the, like, big shopping centers near here has a Medieval Times, and then kind of across the way they have an escape room place that has an escape room called Medieval Crimes. Holy. It's a Medieval Times-themed escape room, and I want to go so bad. All right, I figured out where ArcCon is, everyone. We're all going to meet in Baltimore, we're going to go to Medieval Crimes, and then we're all going to go to Medieval Times. <laughs> I want to go to Medieval Times so bad. Oh my god, me too. Maybe I, I can get my LARPing out of my system. I know, I've never been, but like the last time that I was at that shopping center with one of my friends, literally all we did was goof about it. <laughs> um, apparently the Medieval Crimes escape room is that you get locked in a dungeon. Hell yeah. That sounds super cool. I know. All right. Uh, do we want to get into rating for Art of the Heist? Yeah, let's do it. Now that we've talked about escape rooms. <laughs> now that we've like... talked about escape rooms for 20 minutes. Yeah. 
Welcome to Got It Memorized, a Kingdom Hearts recap podcast trying to make sense of this mess before Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. You might even figure out what's going on, maybe. I'm Wheels. I'm Joe. On our show, we like to dive deep into the franchise's most pressing questions. Like, why is Kyrie never allowed to have any fun? How much did they have to pay to get Jesse McCartney to yell into a microphone about homework? How did Ventus get so small? Is Cyx a twink? Why are all these main characters just the same boy? What are midi-chlorians? What did Sora's mom make for dinner? Is Tron woke? Why does darkness smell so bad? Are drive forms queer? Why doesn't Organization 13 own any pajamas? Is Aerith a cop? How many deaths is Mickey Mouse personally responsible for? Where do baby heartless come from? <laughs> what is Pete? Is Xena warrior princess a nobody? Find us on your favorite podcast app. Got, Got it. it. Memorized? That's the name of the show. <laughs> All right. Um, so, how do you feel about the story of this game? I kind of like it. I think that it's yeah. Um, I think it's really good. I think it's really tight. They manage to have a lot of like little subplots going on, but it doesn't feel too like convoluted that it's hard to follow. Yeah, it doesn't get lost within itself, which is nice. Yeah. I I know that we kind of talked about the story a lot a few minutes ago, but I do think that it all holds up really well and is really cool and pretty well paced and crafted until the very end. Like, the literal end where it ends with a conference call telling us what actually happened. Yeah. But overall, I thought it was really good. I agree. So, how many uh, characters with shady motivations out of ten would you give this one? Um, I would give it a eight. Yeah, I think an eight's about where I'm landing too. Nice. We yeah, agree. <laughs> we do agree. I don't know. I feel like we've we've talked about this for two weeks, but we've I don't have much to say about it other than just like, hey, good job, gang. Yeah. Um, and then I know that I don't know that we can really evaluate the puzzles and the replayability because replayability is a big old goose egg. Yeah. Um, the good news is, if you're interested in keeping up with the game, you can buy a 2005 uh, Audi A3 and feel like you're part of the magic. You can even get a Trio <laughs> Palm Pilot if you're interested too. Um, yeah. So let's. Yeah. Here's a here's a question. Uh, how well do you think that it did brand integration? How do you like the sponsored elements that were involved in the game itself? I found it very interesting that a lot of the players kind of just elected to ignore that it was a sponsored game. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like it did an interesting job at brand integration. Yeah, it's it's really wild that they were like, yep, this is going to be our marketing initiative. So we're going to have these players driving cross country or these these characters driving cross country in this fancy new car and we're gonna have them track down stuff happening in this fancy new car each time and i'm sure that like i do wonder if there was ever anything like when they're like great we're gonna search this car when uh they're like we can't find it and nish is like did you check behind the plush leather seats <laughs> did you check behind the heated interior like i do wonder how 
commercial the game was in those moments, but it's interesting to me how this brand was incorporated in this game. And it's very odd that Audi chose to do this as their big marketing push. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like they don't really focus on the features of the car like at all. I feel like if they were more interested in kind of like generating this sense of like mystique around this car than they were in like actually selling it to people. Yeah, I was afraid that there would be more like... Did you check the Bluetooth? I mean, I guess there was a little bit because they were like, maybe we should hack the Bluetooth capability of this car to find access to these files. Yeah. But I felt like there wasn't a lot more outside of that one time. I don't think that there was much integration of like, I don't know. It's a good thing we had that Audi so I could brake really fast to avoid crashing into the adventure. <laughs> like it didn't get lost in itself, which is nice. Yeah, I agree. I think that if you have to be a corporate shill, this is the way to do it. Yeah, this is a pretty good way to do it. All right, so overall, uh, how many missing cars that we're going to track down to stop an international art heist would you give this one out of five? Um, I guess out of ten. I don't know why I just jumped to five. Probably like an eight again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the... The the puzzles and stuff don't we we obviously don't know what they are but I don't see anything that makes it sound like they were grueling or you know bad just that they're yeah. lost um, and the yes. story itself was really cool and integrated what it was doing in a neat way um, I really yeah. like this one I like this one too I wouldn't say that it's my favorite but I think that they did a lot of things right and it was a fun one to read about. Yeah, I really agree. This was I'm glad you told me about this one. I'm I'm glad yeah. that our patrons chose this one cuz it was a lot of fun. Me too. I mean, it took a really long time to research. But... <laughs> That's what we appreciate about you, Mar. Yeah. All right. Uh do we want to get into recommendations for the week? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh Marn, what do you recommend for me? Um, my recommendation is a movie that I just rewatched because it, I think, recently was put on Netflix. Uh, it's called The One I Love. Um, it stars Mark Duplass and Elizabeth Moss. Uh, they're pretty much the only actors in it. I highly recommend not looking up literally anything about it before you watch it okay because a lot of the, that search well a lot it's just a, like a lot of the summaries kind of spoil the premise of the movie and it's like one of the the weird kinds of movies where like if you explain the whole premise it spoils the plot sure um, i get that okay it's weird in that a lot of websites call it a horror movie but a lot of websites call it like a fantasy movie or a sci-fi movie. Um, okay. It's, I don't know. I would call it like a weird interpersonal drama with like magical realism elements, maybe, or like sci-fi elements, depending on how you interpret it. Um, okay. It's bit. It's basically about this couple who are having issues in their marriage and their marriage counselor is like 
hey, I know this really like cool out of the way place where you can go for a couple's retreat and they get there and they realize very slowly that something is off about the guest house on the property and the rest of the movie is just like them investigating this guest house and kind of figuring out the properties of it and like how it works um and like the interpersonal drama they get into about that it's really good um it kind of has this weird like unsettling vibe throughout the whole movie that i like a lot (laughs) um but there's no like jump scares or like true horror or anything i would say it's just like a really cool short unsettling movie cool yeah it's like it's only like i think it's only like 90 minutes and it's on netflix so you should watch it cool i'll give it a shot yeah i like a good weird surreal movie about a romance breaking down that yeah. might or might not incorporate fantasy and or sci-fi and or horror <laughs> and or and or and or elements into it. That sounds really cool. Yeah. It's like I would say it's like horror for people who don't like horror. That sounds like me, so let's give it a shot. Yeah. Cool. Alright. Uh my recommendation this week is a little bit of a cheat. Um I have been focusing on um moving these past couple weeks and i will continue to do that into this weekend so i haven't gotten a chance to go out of my way to watch or read anything new um but what i have been doing is something that i've been uh wanting to do for a while which is actually listening to um a lot of shows on the orange groves um i feel like i'm cheating kind of pimping my own network in our recommendation spot uh but there are a couple of really cool shows that i wanted to highlight uh for people that might not know of them um the ones that I've been really listening to a lot lately are uh, 294 Note Streak, which is where uh, our friends Joe and Riley have made a bracket for every song featured on a Guitar Hero game, and now they're putting that bracket to the test and going through to figure out what the best song ever put on a Guitar Hero game is. Um, it's a fun way to deep dive into and revisit old songs that I forgot were on Guitar Hero and remind me of days in my mom's basement playing guitar hero with my friends which was a lot of fun um another one which is timely now that eva has come to netflix and has infected my twitter feed with the discourse um but nervous rex is a really cool show on our network uh it is half a rewatch podcast of eva and half a first time watch podcast uh where joe and chris are going through and uh, joe is rewatching the show and chris is watching it for the first time um and uh both of them have very good insightful um commentary about the show and the way that it is uh shot and the angles that things are set at and the way that the plot evolves and the dialogue choices it's very smart and a very good recap and analysis of a very dense show um and for people that are doing it for the first time in a long time or the first time as a whole uh they are very insightful and very good at what they do uh so check them out um another one is summer twilight book club um i have started listening to kat and sahana go through 
uh, New Moon, which is the only Twilight book that I read. Uh, I read it in high school to try and impress a girl. It didn't work. Um, <laughs> but uh, they both have actual social work degrees that they are um, using to go back and re-examine books that took over there and a lot of people's lives back when they first came out and to examine a lot of the issues that came out um, through them and the way that they're depicted in the book. Um, they have a really good balance of simultaneously looking back and saying, you know, we were dumb for liking this, but they also give uh, the books a an amount of affection and reverence feels like too strong of a word, but I think affection sounds right. Um, these are books that meant a lot to them as kids. And so um, they treat the books well, even when they're dismantling them and saying that they're garbage. Um, it's a very good, very funny show. Uh, and if you ever read or interacted with those books, I would definitely recommend giving it a shot. Um, and the last one is We Are Watching One Piece. Uh, Joe and Jory uh, are running that show. It's another rewatch slash uh, first time watch podcast, except this time about the uh, anime One Piece that I used to be very deeply invested in in ways that I don't really want to get into. Um, but they have reignited a love of the show for me in a way that I will never forgive them for. Uh, and their podcast is very good and very fun. Um, so those are four shows that I've been listening to lately as I'm driving back and forth between two places and uh, moving boxes and packing stuff up. And I would recommend that you all do the same, but hopefully under slightly less stressful circumstances. Yeah, listen so. to the Orange Groves. Orange Groves is good. We're not the only good show on it. We're the best one it's on true. it, but we're not the only good one. <laughs> Bold words. Also, they have really good bonus content coming up on Patreon that may or may not include us. Teaser. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, if you all want to get a hold of us on email, you can do that by reaching out to ArgonautsPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find us Twitter uh, together at ArgonautsPod. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Corpse Revivers. That's my personal Twitter. And you can find me at the aspirational AC Sherman Writes. Yep. Uh, we have a Discord now that we will link in the show notes. And we have merch that we will also link in the show notes as well as our Patreon. Yeah, if you want to give us money and possibly get stickers and stuff out of it, uh, find us at those links. And I think that'll do it for us. I think uh, that'll do it. Good night, everyone.